Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in the book of John, the Gospel of John, which if you're in a paper Bible is going to feel kind of toward the back of a paper Bible, but it's just the fourth book in the New Testament. And uh, we're going to go pretty quickly today, I think, because baptism and all those important things. So happy, happy birthday to you. The sermon will be shorter today. How many of you are glad you're here? I could be like, yes, this is the best day ever. There's four, pe- four people going, yeah, right, I've heard that before. <laughs> all right. Um, opening thought. Guy gave me a call the other day, a friend of mine. Wanted to chat. We talked for 40 minutes, at least 30 minutes. And then he said, oh, the reason I called was after like 30 or 40 minutes. And then he actually kind of turned the corner because he wanted to sort of sell me something. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those where, as soon as you say, some of you had like, some of you need prayer right now because of some experience you had where someone said, well, come over to our house for dinner. And you thought, yeah. And then they pulled out a whiteboard and Okay, it wasn't that, and it was fine, but I did remember thinking, wow, we've been talking for like 40 minutes, and now we're getting to the, I didn't know there was a point to our conversation. And it brought up a question for all of us, do I tend to be direct or beat around the bush? Which one are you? Do I tend to be direct or beat around the bush? Now, right now, there is judgment happening in this room. But by the way, let's just figure it out. I'll bet it'll be pretty much split down. How many of you tend to be direct in your communication? Look at that. How many of us are kind of beat around the bushers? Yeah, do you see that? We're judging. Different people are judging. There's a lot of hate right now because those people that are direct are like, oh, those people, they just waste my time. And then those people that beat around the bush are like, those are the mean people. (laughs) Is that the way it works? All right. I want to make some space for both of us in the, so we don't have, you know, a rumble here in church. Um, I would submit to you that both of those things have value in the kingdom of God. We see Jesus at times being pretty slow to get to the point. In John chapter 4, he has a significant conversation with a woman uh, at, a, at a community well where they were going to get water. And he starts the conversation with, will you give me a drink? And it's kind of just casual, just talking about the water. By the way, he does eventually get somewhere, but he's pretty cat. And then there's other moments where Jesus, in Acts chapter 9, he jumps right into almost a confront. no, not almost, a confrontational moment with a guy named Saul. And this is the beginning of the conversation. Saul... Saul, why do you persecute me? And by the way, Jesus didn't even introduce who he was. He just said, why are you persecuting me? Saul had to say, uh, who are you? So he jumps right into the point. So both are valuable. I think we probably can all agree there is uh, value in eventually getting to the point because the point gives us traction if in the issue does that in the issues example when my wife and I were 
kind of dating. I think we were, were we supposed to be officially dating or we were hanging out or we were talking. I don't know what the terms are now. We, but uh, we were both in our 20s and um, both had become Christians and we were going to a young adult event together. So we drove together. But I think while I was there, because I was involved in the ministry side of the event, I didn't, pretty sure I didn't pay enough attention to the girl I brought to the event. You know how I know? Got done with the event, went to drop my wife Denise off, and she got out of the car fairly quickly, and, and typically we would have hung out at her apartment, and she got out of her car, and then she left the door open, and she poked her head in, like before I could, or, and she said, is this going to be on the screen? Oh, yeah. This word for word. This is what she said to me. She said, by the way, she wasn't angry. She just needed clarity. Are you going to date me or not? And then she added this. Uh, for the next week, don't call me while you think about it. And just to be clear, she wasn't mad or any. She was like, I think we, it's time to make a decision. And so, I, she, by the way, she's amazing. She would have been good either way, but she just needed a little clarity. On, and I was like, I, I hear you. I think, I think I hear you. By the way, super helpful, because that week moved me to a place where I realized more her value, what I believe God was doing. It was, and she has been one of the greatest blessings in my life that week moved me to seek God and figure out, and, and uh, we did date, like for real. <laughs> so think about all those things, helpful, hold those thoughts. We're in this series called John, One Disciple's Unique Perspective, and we're going to explore much of the book of John. I would encourage you to engage in the reading plan. It will help us know a bunch more about God, John's perspective and just a bunch more of who Jesus is and his story. But back to the direct or beat around the bush, John, at the very beginning where we're at today, he is very direct and jumps right in to some heavy topics, which is unusual. I'm sorry, I have like a, have you ever had like, a, you feel like there's a hair on your lip, but there, do I have a hair on my lip? Can you see anything? Is it? Thanks for looking. It's probably awkward. I'm like, what is wrong with my face? Okay. We're going to move on now, though. Unique about John, the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John all tell the story of Jesus. Matthew starts with the genealogies, which is more than half of a chapter of, and so-and-so was the father of so-and-so. And it's the part that we all skip when we get there. It's like Matthew. Mark has a, he starts with the story, doesn't get to Jesus right away. He starts with the story of John the Baptist. Luke, actually, there's a paragraph that in my Bible is, has the heading, Introduction. John, no introduction. Here's where John starts. John chapter 1, this is what we'll look at today. 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was 
God. By the way, the word here is a reference to Jesus. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's just a few verses. Let's read them again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Again, our series is John, One Disciple's Unique Perspective, and we are going to jump into two uh, meaty points that John jumps into right away just digs into a couple things. Uh, but let's just pray just a moment before we do that. So God, we pray for today. We pray for the summer. We pray, I do ask a blessing on all of us that our spiritual lives would thrive this summer. That we'd learn a bunch from our study on the weekends and, and our Bible time and the reading plan and some of us will be in groups. All that stuff, God, we ask that you would... Uh, Make it a, a summer of spiritual development. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Two things that John jumps into here. The first one is John jumps into the deity, or the reality of that Jesus is God. The deity of Jesus. That's a big topic. That's a heavy topic. John starts with the deity of Jesus. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and here it is. And the Word, Jesus, was God. That's not a soft approach to the conversation. That's, heavy. That's complex and complicated. Even right now, if I would say, Jesus is God. There are people in the room who, and this is valid, like, really? Like, how does that work? Is it God in the flesh? Is he really I'm just exploring. Does that make this is deeper kinds of things? By the way, when he says Jesus is God, here's what that word means in the original language. It's theos. He's saying God. It could be translated a God, but not in the Christian sense. He's saying the God, the creator and owner of all things. That's sentence number one. Can you imagine if you started a conversation with someone and said, Hi, Jesus is God. Oh, thanks for that. Does that, no, that doesn't hit you? That is fairly diving right into the mix? You can write this in on your handout. John starts the conversation with a heavy concept. Now, the good news, not in heavy, heavy concept. Now, the good news is the entire book of John is not that heavy. He takes lots of time to tell us stories of Jesus and parables and all this stuff. But he starts kind of by saying, 
This is what we're starting with in hopes, I think, that this is where we will all be convinced he is. And I know that that's helpful to me because my, most people's journey of biblical or, or understanding God does not start with, well, it was a Wednesday afternoon and all of a sudden I realized Jesus was God. That's not where we start. In my own life, I started more with, in my spiritual journey, like, I need help. <laughs> that was my starting point. And then I got to other points where I realized God is real. Wait, Jesus is talking to me. Oh my, God answered a prayer. And all this was in my development before at some point, I don't know when it was, where I actually now have come to the place where if you would say, is Jesus God? I would say, yeah, he's God. In the Bible, there are varying timelines and speeds of people's development and journey to the deity, the reality of how central to the whole thing Jesus is. There's a story uh, in, uh, you know, the Bible somewhere. I don't know where it is. Yeah, in Luke about a guy named Peter. And basically in one afternoon, he makes a lot of progress. Peter's a fisherman. He gets to hear Jesus teach. Jesus asks him if he can use his boat because they were by a lake and there was a big crowd. And so a lot of you have been to a lake before where you can hear like everything that the person says as it echoes across the lake. So he says, Peter, can I use your boat? And he goes, goes out a little bit, uses his boat, preaches. So Peter gets to hear him preach. He gets to let Jesus use his boat. At the end of the whole thing, Jesus tells Peter, why don't you go, I'm paraphrasing, why don't you go fishing again? Peter resists. He's like, we fished all night and we didn't catch anything. But Jesus says, go ahead. Get out there. Try it again. Okay. So he goes out and then this miraculous catch of fish that was so big, Peter has to call for some other fishermen in their boats because it's just this huge, you know, haul of fish. At the end of that, Peter says, verse 8, it says, when Simon Peter saw this, this is this huge catch of fish, it says, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. In three, four hours, Peter goes from not knowing anything of Jesus to calling him Lord. A note, though, that word Lord is still not an implication. He's not saying you're God, but he is elevating him to the place of master, like I will serve you. That's just in three or four hours. There's other stories that seem to take, long, take longer in the development. Anybody heard of Doubting Thomas? Right, the term Doubting. There's a, that's a Bible guy, Thomas. Thomas was a disciple of Jesus. In John chapter 20, Thomas had been with Jesus for three years, done ministry things. Jesus does his ministry, dies on the cross, rises from the dead. But of course, the disciples are unsure. So Jesus shows up to a group of disciples. Thomas wasn't there. The other disciples come to Thomas and say, Jesus is risen, we've seen him. 
and doubting Thomas, here's what Thomas says to those disciples. He says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, how do you know this is pretty resistant to believing? Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger where the nails were, unless I put my hand into his side, I will not believe, which is pretty hardcore. You guys are nuts. No way. Because I saw him die. You guys are crazy. Well, did you know Jesus heard what Thomas said? And in not very long, Jesus shows up and calls him on it, which, by the way, would be a little intimidating if you had just got done saying, no way, I'd have to put my finger in his hands and then have Jesus go, hi, Tom. You know, Tom, Thomas, in heaven, wouldn't it be fun if we, have to have, if we get to have conversations with these people? Because I want to ask Thomas, like, what was that like when Jesus called you on the whole, I'll never believe unless I So Jesus shows up and does the, okay, yeah, all right, you need to put your finger in there. He says, okay. But one thing we don't know is whether Thomas actually put his fingers in. But, I, but Jesus was like, here you go. Put your, finger, put your finger in those holes. And I think it would have been a fairly interesting moment when he said, yeah, there, go put your hand in there. <laughs> you going to believe or not? Go ahead. <laughs> I, don't, I think Thomas probably said, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I believe. But in that encounter... Verse 28 of that whole story, by the way, the whole story is totally worth reading. It says, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my, here it is, my God. That's the same word as we started with three or four minutes ago, theos. He gets to the place where he says, yeah, you're my Lord, you're my, but you're God in the flesh. So, here's a question. Where am I in the, this is not a great way to say it, the de- in my depth journey, in this Jesus is, de- Jesus is God in the flesh. Where are you in the journey? We've had examples of, of uh, the book of John jumps right in, first sentence. We've got Peter, who over several hours made quite a bit of progress, we got Thomas, who took three years, and he still was doubting. But where are you in that journey? And I want to encourage you, keep moving. And I would, if I could, I would get us all to the place where we would believe and understand that Jesus is God. Because when Jesus is God, it changes some things, very practical things in our lives. Three things came to my mind really quickly when I thought, wait a minute, Jesus, you are God. How does that affect me? I'll just give you these three things. They're not filling the blanks. But when Jesus is God, the first one was, I'm forgiven. Like, no, that makes, if some guy just died 2,000 years ago, nice guy, if God in the flesh died on the cross as a payment for my sin? Oh, yeah, that's a payment. 
That'll forgive, because I've done some bad, anybody done some bad stuff? You all raise, all you raise your hands, because you all, right? Maybe some of you are not as bad as others, but you still stink anyway, so it's all right. But some of us have, like I've done things, there are things that happen, I think, oh gosh, could I be, if God died on the cross for my sin, that is payment, and hear this, for anything you have ever done, you guys, if you are in Christ and Jesus is God, that paid for everything. That is a big enough price to forgive. We should, maybe this is encouragement to some of you, you are, because you're in Christ, you're forgiven. Don't be dwelling on that thing you did, you know, three weeks ago, 13 weeks ago, 40 years ago. Get over it, not because it wasn't bad. Get over it because Jesus was God and he died on the cross for your sin. You're forgiven. That's reality. So that's, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being all that and dying for us. So, so if Jesus is God, I'm forgiven. If Jesus is God, my, my next one was, I'm okay. This is the idea that came to my mind. Even if somebody doesn't like me or this part of life isn't going well, if Jesus is God and he wants to be my friend, I'm okay. Like, just there's this place of if you don't like what I posted on Facebook or you don't like my shirt or whatever, if I got a hair on my thing and you're like, the dude's got a hair on his lip. I'm like, I'm sorry. And you can say you're, and I'll, but I, okay. There's this place of peace because Jesus is God, and he wants to be my friend. Yeah, I'm okay. And the, the third idea uh, came from a scripture that I was looking at. Uh, if Jesus is God, it increases our confidence. And I'll just, I'll just give you the scripture. Psalm 18, the writer says, I love you, Lord, my strength, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. And in verse 21, 29, he says, I don't know why I love this. With my God... I can scale a wall. And I don't know, I just, you know, we all have hurdles in our life or things or barriers. But I think if with God, you can have an, an entire, you know, 40 foot whatever. And you can go, ah, could, could I ever, with God, I can climb that thing. It matters. So the first idea was John jumps into the deity of Jesus Got to go quick with the second one. John jumps into the necessity of Jesus in creation. Got to go fast. Jesus in creation. Quick word picture before we go back into the text. My wife is, an, is amazing in the kitchen. There's a picture of my wife. And my little grandson, first grandson. I told you guys every once in a while I'd put a picture up of my grandson a few months ago. Well, it's been a couple months. So I had to put him in there. But, but this story is about my wife. She's really, really good in the kitchen and putting, orchestrating meals. So, like, this, the most recent big family meal was, was uh, Easter. And it's like magic to me. Because we will sit down at the table, and some of you are these people, and you know people. And like, everything gets on the table. It's, what's hot is supposed to be hot. 
what's cold is supposed to be cold. Like her meals even have colors. Like, oh, and that's got the right amount of this color. Does that, have you met these people? Do you know? Some of you are. Ah, you are these people. I know. Like she, it is not uh, unrealistic for her, for our table at our house to look like that. I didn't have a picture of any meals. But it's like that kind of, whoa, how do you do that? And then we all get done eating, of course, to the point of, oh, that was so good. And then she'll say something like, oh, we have dessert. Ah! And then there's this whole nother wave of three, three different. So that's my wife. So one of the reasons I think that's so amazing is because of my abilities. It, just recently, my kids came over. This, these are the words that I said to them, because I was in the kitchen. Here it was. Want me to make some tater tots? <laughs> that was what I hit them with. And I'm making that up. I'm like, hey, guys, want some tater tots? We got an air fryer. <laughs> of course, my kids are like, where's mom? <laughs> I don't know. But I got tater tots in the freezer. All right. All right, gonna going to push that into a spiritual application. Here's the deal. As, Jesus, as Denise is to our kitchen, Jesus is to our life. Does that make sense? You, Christ's capacity to create and develop and put a plan together that is masterful and beautiful and de delectable. Is that a word? Yeah, like tastes good. That is what Jesus does. Back to our text. Through him, Jesus, all things were made without him... Nothing was made that has been made. Fill in the blank. If I want something to get formed, Christ is a necessity in the formula. If I want something to get formed, Christ is a necessity in the formula. Get Jesus in the kitchen of your life. This has been the way it has been from the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, in the creation of all things, when it comes to the creation of mankind, in Genesis 1.26, God the Father says, let us. Who's us? God is created. Us is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Let us create mankind in our, in our image. Jesus in the New Testament was uh, the necessity was the instigator of so much life change. People in the physical realm needed, a, needed something new created because their, their legs didn't work, and Jesus came and he recreated that. Uh, 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 purpose, he would bring and he would call people to purpose. And one of the things that he did so well is he would uh, take people's emotional health that needed rework. Anybody need any reworking on our emotional health? Amen. We won't make it right. Jesus is the kind of guy who recreates stuff. Uh, one of my favorite examples of this is Luke chapter 8. Another time, you can read the details. There's a gentleman who uh, is struggling so much emotionally. He does, can't keep his clothes on, can't live in community with anybody else. Whenever he does, they try to tie him up just to keep, he has no self-control. He lives outside of town, and he lives in the, the empty tombs in the cemetery, right? 
That's, some of us are struggling. He's really struggling. It goes on to tell us about him that at night he would just cry out and he would cut himself. So he's a cutter. Like this guy's. And one of the things that I noticed this time when I read the story. Ah, just going to do it. I'm just going to look there. Luke 8. Sorry, I don't have this on the screen. And in Luke 8, this just caught my attention. By the way, if you've read your Bible, read it again. Read the stories again and again and again, because you never know when you'll read a story you've read 10 times, and then you'll go, oh, what was that? I didn't know that was there. All right. Here's what it says as they describe this man, this tomb-dwelling crazy guy. It says, for a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. For a long, that just struck me. Like, for a long time, this guy's been like this. And if you read the account, he has one encounter with Jesus. And what happens is we get to see in verse, I know it's bad. It's just, I know, church should be over, but it's just not. In Luke 8, here's at the end of the story. After G, This guy's been living like this for a long time. End of the story. He ends up sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed, and in his, everybody say it, right mind. I feel good. The word there for right mind looks like this. It's sephorinio. It's safety-minded. This guy's been unsafe forever. I mean, he's hurting himself. Having a sober outlook, and it reflects true balance. Wouldn't it be great, like this guy, for the first time, probably in his entire life? Everything in there is balance. I mean, it's, how do you know it's hard to have good balance in our minds? It's easy. Most of us probably have at least some struggles toward balance between joy and seriousness, or anxiety, and you know, like. And in an hour with Jesus, I just imagine him sitting by the campfire with Jesus. Somebody, you know, saying, how you doing? And he would go, I am so good right now. This is so good. Then somebody would say, you look better with clothes on, too. He goes, well, I do. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we know. But we're so glad. But Jesus, creative, power. His goodness, isn't it amazing that he cares? Last fill in the blank. Am I ready for a creative encounter with God? Our hope this summer, did we get all the fill in the blanks done? Our hope this summer, and by the way, a lot of us have had encounters with God. Every once in a while, it's good to remember. Remember where we were before Jesus came into our life? Or if you don't want to do it that way, can you imagine where your life would be without God in the middle of it? That's frightening. But our hope is through the stories of Jesus and through the book of John. We may even end up with more, like, balance. Wouldn't that be cool? Why don't you stand and we'll close? Oh,
Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.